Mike one, Mike one. Isn't this a lot of fun? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jeremy just did some research and, uh, welcome to episode nine. We did. Oh, oh see, no, we had our, we had it down. And then now, because I'm actually saying the, the, the number of episode correctly, we've screwed up the intro. This is New York producers fault. He said to me, start saying what number episode it is. You and I managed to get, I think, a reasonably good rapport for a podcast coming from my kitchen table for like 45 minutes every episode. And as soon as I start differently, we're now talking over one another. And this is just proof that counting ruins everything. <laughs> we, I feel like I should have a little bell every time you make an election joke. Just a ding. That was the first ding of the day. Well, it's about to be four years of that. <laughs> All right. We are uh, yeah up to episode nine. Um, if you've been checking out these episodes, uh, we appreciate your attention. He's Jeremy. I'm Camfield. Uh, if you are uh, coming in a uh, little late, you can always catch up. All of the prior episodes are at didyouamerica.com. That is where all things Did You America hang out. Um, talking of American things, I'm feeling incredibly full up today. I, uh, I got a buddy visiting, um, and he's a drinker. And you know me, I quit booze uh, a little over a year ago. So even though I live in Deep Ellum, which is the drinking capital of, of DFW. It's For just sure. bars and bars and bars. I hardly ever go because um, I don't. I, I think bars are still at limited capacity. Or have we given that up now? Biden's one. Ding. <laughs> we got that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they were at limited capacity, but starting today, I'm pretty sure all ba- bars are full open, like nothing ever happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can celebrate the Biden victory in with thousands and thousands of people dancing in the street, and you're no longer a super spreader event. Ding. <laughs> Jokes on you, Trump supporters. Rona wasn't real. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I think they they still have the. Uh, um, the um, restrictions on capacity. So as a non-drinker, I've avoided going to bars unless I'm with drinkers because I feel guilty taking up space at a bar and drinking a Diet Coke, right? Yeah. I, I want to help them out and, and, and I don't drink. So my buddy comes to visit and I go, thank God, a drinker, now I can go on a bar, a bar crawl because he can knock back beer or whatever and I'll have the Diet Coke. Anyway, we go to um, the Angry Dog, which is a bar in Deep Ellum um, yesterday. And uh, th- there's a bunch of food on their menu, but some of it is there's an angry sandwich and an angry burger. So I'm going to go for one of their specials. And I choose the angry burger. Was it angry? I I looked angry trying to eat it because, <laughs> excuse this phrasing, but I have never fitted anything that big in my mouth ever. <laughs> I mean, lies. <laughs> it was the most huge burger. And because of a prior experience with a burger, right, right. I, was, I was nervous about the way in which I imbibed this burger because about two years ago, I was having dinner with some friends um, and... Uh, we got burgers in the place where we were and I uh, picked up a knife and fork, right? Oh no. Right. And started to uh, slice the burger. And I think I put one bit of the burger in my mouth from a fork. Well, I'm surprised from the reaction to my friends that I wasn't put on a flight back to Shitsville right then. They literally stopped what they were doing. There was probably six of us around the table in this bar. And it was one of the places that specializes in burgers. And they went, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, you better hope the Texas state government doesn't hear this podcast. You might get kicked out. 
<laughs> One of my friends immediately went, this might be the most un-American thing you're doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Ever. <laughs> and so anyway, and, and to this day, they were, and they literally, it was like it was a standoff where the cops go drop your weapons. My friends went, put down the knife and fall. <laughs> drop it, put it down now. I just, you know, I will, I will defend you a little bit because, you know, as much as they say everything's bigger in Texas and that's very true with our food challenges, a lot of time with these massive burgers, they are impossible to eat. You just kind of have to like mash it down and hope for the best. So you have to, you have to turn it into baby food? Basically, yeah. Oh, you, so, so it helps if like someone else chews it and spits it in your mouth. It's <laughs> It's not the tastiest. It is very efficient. But that is that is the more Texas acceptable way to eat a huge burger than using a knife and fork. If I saw a table of someone baby birding it and a table of someone knife and forking it, I'm beating up the knife and forker. So it is. Uh, it's it's weighed so heavy on my memory that even though the most un-American thing I've ever done in my life happened at least two years ago. Um, I order the Angry Burger in Angry Dog because I want to go, go own brand to see what what it's up what they're up to, and it comes out and and it's like a side of fries, and that's also another thing I've looked. You you eat your fries with hands, right? You don't. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. This but, is America, right? I get that, right? Now, but even so, I'm about to try and tackle this burger the way Donald Trump drinks a glass of water, like hands either side, right? But, 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 but in this case, I mean, I'm gonna like, the, the, it's almost like the full grip of both of my hands are only just about, you can only just about open my, my hands wide enough to pick the burger up. I mean, it might as well be weightlifting at this point. You, know? <laughs> you got a nice workout it, Literally, I mean, uh, there, there is that kind of like offsetting for anything that, for all the calories I was going to take in from the burger, I was at least gonna burn some off lifting it from the plate to my mouth. But what they did was, and this is where I'm suddenly thinking, are you trying to catch me out? Do you know that two years ago, I basically broke an, broke an American law by using cutlery? <laughs> so two years ago, for my first and so far only offense, it was a relatively like high-end burger place, so uh, it was actual cutlery. This place is just a, a dive bar. Yeah. Um, so they bring out the huge burger, and then they put out plastic cutlery, but it's plastic cutlery that's sealed and I look at it and I look at the bartender because we're sitting at the bar and now I'm paranoid and I'm thinking you're even going to get double the joy out of this aren't you you're going to you're going to watch me scathingly just opening the plastic cutlery taking the like the plastic wrapper off of it and and then you're going to be like all right, you gotta go. <laughs> See, this is where your friend should have dove in and was like, it's a trap. <laughs> he has to save you in these situations. But that's why I'm forever uh, chicken fingers for life. Right. right. Okay. That's the safe option. Yeah. 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 Chicken right. First of all, fried chicken tops burger a thousand out of a thousand times. I don't care what anyone says, but also it's just, it's always going to be the same way you eat it. You right, don't have to right, worry right. about any, any issues, any rules. You just dip it in some sauce and pop it in your mouth. Right. So next time I go to uh, Angry Dog uh, with my buddy, I'll say, listen, Jeremy and I discussed this on the podcast. And what you're actually supposed to do is chew it for me and then spit it into my mouth. Exactly. That's the Texas way. Baby bird, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex Trebek sadly passed away uh, over the weekend, oh. um, aged 80. 
I got to say that it, he was one of those people. So I, though, uh, I think Jeopardy was on in the UK, but their own version of it. And, and I never watched it. But he's one of those old school American stars, um, even though he wasn't the original host of Jeopardy, that made that show so famous that even if you never watched a full episode or you never followed any of the uh, the episodes where there was a, you know a, a winner who'd never won so much, you were aware of it. You knew what the show was. If someone showed you a picture of Alex Trebek, you could probably name him and you knew the show that he did. Um, and I feel like maybe it's because of the, the amount of entertainment options that we've got now, but that kind of old school American entertainer, they're not around anymore. They're, they are literally dying out, you know? No, not at all. Like I said earlier when we were prepping for this, the, the, the TV sh uh, game show host nowadays is a caricature. You know, it's, it's, it's someone who's goofy, fun, is getting the crowd excited and energetic. And, you know, he comes from the era where game shows were serious business. You know, there's money to be handed out. Here. Right, 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 and right. There's kind of a level of respect you have to have for that, especially because, you know, Jeopardy is the game of intelligence, you know, so he really did fit that mold so perfectly. You know, he even when he would he would interact with the with the contestants, it was always a little awkward where he was his best is when he was controlling the game. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And, and also, it seems to me that if you launch a new TV show, whatever it is these days, if it's not scripted, Ryan Seacrest will be the host. So that, <laughs> course, that's yeah. also another reason why the old school entertainer is literally dying out because every new show is Ryan Seacrest, right? And, and whether you like Ryan Seacrest or not, like I think we all can agree for his own safety, we can't keep giving him jobs. Remember when he got all stroked out on American Idol earlier this year? Yeah, yeah Dude's yeah. about to die. Right. He might be next. <laughs> Right. I'll tell your death pool, folks. Well, I mean, uh, they do come in threes, and we have had Sean Connery and now Alex Trebek. So, did you watch Jeopardy recently? Did you do this to Alex Trebek? We do have Jeremy and I do have this uh, theory, and I don't know whether we've spoken about it on this podcast or whether they were on the podcast that we did as, as kind of pilots that no one heard. Um, but I do have a um, a thing where. I somehow connect with old entertainers and then they die. Yeah. Right? I mean, I um the the examples of the oh they get very sick. The, 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 the best example of this was um I went to see Steely Dan in Vegas and I love Steely Dan. And it turned out to be Walter Becker's penultimate show, The Man Who You Are the Double Of. Yeah. Although he when I saw him, he was a dying 70-year-old man, you're apparently living 28-year-old. I'd be concerned about that. You basically killed my father. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I go see Steely Dan, and then uh, that turned out to be his penultimate show, and he was dead like a month later. A um, couple of years ago, when I was living in Arizona, there was a Neil Diamond gig and a Metallica gig on the same night. And, you know, traditionally, I'm a huge metal fan. And I chose to go to Neil Diamond because I thought, well, he's much older. He probably won't be doing it for that much longer. So I'm going to do that. Next thing you know, Neil Diamond's got Parkinson's. If I'd have chose Metallica, he might have been all right. Oh, well, I mean, but then who would have fallen from Metallica? All of a sudden, Lars's arms just fall off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, this is one that's kind of under the radar, but some people might know him. Uh, there was a British comedian called John Sessions who uh, he did get obituaries in the States because I think if he was known for anything, he was on 
whose line is it anyway? Right. That was on Comedy Central. And the strange thing with him was, um, I was aware of him from when I was a little kid growing up in England. He was in a lot of things in the UK. I think over here, if he, if he was known for anything, it was whose line is it anyway? Um, only a month ago, maybe even less than that, I said to Jeremy, oh, I've rediscovered this thing. It's on YouTube called Stella Street. Um, it's this great comedy show from the 90s. And I remember, again, watching it when I was uh, at college. And, and I, it just came up on my YouTube to watch. And I was like, it's still hilarious 20 years later. You should check it out. You'd never heard of John Sessions. Never. You'd never heard of Stella Street. I was telling you there's four seasons and I've just rewatched season one. And it's possibly even more funny than I remember. About two weeks after that, John Sessions dead. You're basically the human version of the Ring video. <laughs> if Campbell talks to you or about you, you will die within the week. Well, anyway, if you count, even though John Sessions is arguably way less famous, but if you count him as the third, we've had Connery, Trebek, and John Sessions. So Ozzy Osbourne can rest easy for a bit longer, right? We've, <laughs> yeah, we've exactly. arguably done the three. You right? saved him for now. <laughs> but what I would say about Alex Trebek, though, I mean, it's obviously sad when anyone dies, but what a great way to go out. He had um, cancer for quite some time. He was dedicated to carrying on working. Um, he got to 80 and he was still filming Jeopardy up until less than two weeks ago. And because of the way that they show... The, the 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 show his last ever episode is going to be on christmas day so you know it's terrible when anyone dies but to get to the age of 80 with that terrible disease doing what you love doing until literally less than two weeks before you pass away that like if you're gonna go that's a that's a great way to go you know yeah he got to you know finish doing what he loved the most which was hosting that show and you know i think uh I think it's kind of it's kind of magical that he'll you know we'll get these last few months getting to watch him on the show. It's he really took over the like America's Mister Rogers mantle, right? And we we're now searching for like who's going to be that example of like kindness, right? And, uh, it's Ellen going. It's me. I didn't get fired. <laughs> I didn't shout at people. I am kind. It would have absolutely been her if she wasn't outed for being such an angry lesbian. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll just have to figure out who's next. The um, I, I did think the, uh, you know, Alex Trebek obviously carried on for as long as he wanted, uh, not as long as he wanted, but as long as he could. Um, but the, I always thought when, uh, when Bowie died, um, again, he died w w way younger than Alex Trebek from, from cancer. But if you look at the way Bowie went, for someone who was, considered perhaps the ultimate artist, uh, musically speaking, he kind of made his death a work of art because that last album that came out came from nowhere. No one, no one was expecting it. Um, no one knew that David Bowie was sick. He kept it secret, right? Right. And if you remember when that album came out like four or five years ago, he, it had all of these deep lyrics about mortality and death. And then it had those crazy videos. And, and as soon as they were released, people were obsessed with watching the video and figuring out what the lyrics were and what it meant. And then that album comes out. And I think it was three days after it was released, he died. And I know, you know, if you're dying from cancer, you can't obviously control when you go. And I, and I you know, my mum passed away from cancer. So I've got firsthand experience of this. But a lot of people will say, that when you get to the end, and it's a, it's a terrible, terrible thing to see, 
in a lot of cases, the people that are dying, for whatever reason, hang on for, for something, for some kind of reason. And you've got to think that David Bowie's reason was he wanted that album to be released because it was almost like he was curating his own death. And then he was like, okay, it's out. Everyone's obsessed with what the messages were and what the, the, the towels of mortality were. Now I'm going to let myself go, you know? And he's like, yeah, try figuring this one out without me here. Right, <laughs> exactly. But I just think that was kind of like the way to go. And the, and the, and the other thing to note with uh, Alex Trebek, so I, I didn't know that he was in so many shows. Um, and I'm going to guess playing himself, but he appeared in Seinfeld, How I Met Your Mother, The Simpsons, Cheers and Golden Girls. All of those, I can see Alex Trebek making a guest appearance. The one thing that apparently is on his IMDb that really surprised me, he was in Orange is the New Black. What? Right. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of the show, but I... How? I'm gonna... Do you think... Maybe it was just on. Yeah. In prison. It could be there. Like, I'm pretty sure they do flashbacks in the show. So like maybe one of the characters was on the show. I don't, I like to think of it as like, that's the one role he wasn't Alex Trebek. He was actually like a cross-dressing <laughs> woman in the prison. And like, no one knew like that character was actually Alex Trebek. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if, if, if all the other ones he was as Alex Trebek, but yeah, he was like, that's the shining moment of his career. He finally got to be not Alex Trebek. He was thinking if I become, if I get a role being a cross dresser in Orange is the New Black, if I play this right, I could be on Drew, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Yeah, he was Alexis Trebekah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got lots of other stuff to get to. Um, we have the results of uh, this week's Song of the Week and also the songs that you will be voting for over the next seven days. You want to do the results of Song of the Week before we, uh, we get into part two? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so um, last week I chose Animal by Architects, 25% of the vote. Oh, I don't like where this is going. Jeremy chose Blotter Acid Reflex Syndrome with Atmosphere. Uh, 10% of the vote. Hey, I got a vote at least. I was at zero last week. So. That's true. Did your mom vote? She definitely did. Right. Thanks, mom. Yeah, exactly. See, there's a payoff for her hearing about all of your, what do you call it, true grime. Yeah, I have a fan. <laughs> right, exactly. She'll vote for your shit songs. <laughs> um, New York producer, uh, Karma Modson, 65%. So uh, well done to uh, New York producer. Um, he wins. Uh, hang around. We'll do the uh, the new songs that you need to vote for um, in just a second on Digi America. And don't forget, for uh, all things uh, related to this show, including voting for the songs or maybe buying one of our fabulous T-shirts, do it. DigiAmerica.com. All right, let's do a new song of the week. Uh, you'll be able to vote on the socials if you follow us there, or just go to the page that has everything related to this podcast, didyouamerica.com. Uh, you can send us feedback there as well. You can message us if you want to type a message. If you want to actually be on the show, click be on the show. And then if you talk at your listening device, it will record you. And uh, we can have your lovely voices on uh, Did You America. So, new song choices for this week. Uh, Jeremy, what have you got? All right. 
I've been losing these first few weeks, but this is good. I'm going after the fans who hate you the most. I'm going after your England supporters with this one. Oh, okay. I don't know if we have any listeners left in England. I think I might piss them all off. I'm taking them back with this one. You wait. My song of the week is Brittany Howard's cover of You'll Never Walk Alone, known to many as the song that Liverpool fans sing at the game. So you do know something about soccer. I do, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just American soccer. She, Alabama, no Alabama Shakes woman. Yes, it has is. Covered the Liverpool. Yeah, I think she did it for like a Johnny Walker commercial, but she also recently put it out this week, and it's it's so good. It's beautiful. The thing about Brittany Howard is, is like, if you don't like her voice, you don't have ears. She's literally Nina Simone, Janis Joplin, and Otis Redding combined into one person. So if you don't pick my song this week. You don't have ears. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good selling point. That's yeah. a good selling point, right? Yeah. And the Liverpool, uh, Liverpool song. Liverpool fans, shout out! I, I'm, I'm here with you. I don't hate the UK like Campfield does. Oh, I went to Liverpool once for a a Motorhead gig. Most of my, so I don't like England at all, as you know. And I grew up in Essex, which is just outside of London, and then I lived in London from the age of nineteen until I moved to a proper country. And um. London is by far the best part of the UK, and I hate that. And as soon as, if if ever I had to leave London, oh my God, my, because everything that I hate about England, the lack of customer service, how slow everything is, and no one wants to help you, how there's no get up and go. It's bad in London. It gets worse as soon as you leave London. And so I would only ever leave London, basically if it was for Motorhead or Iron Maiden, I would travel <laughs> for them. And when I went to Liverpool, the one time I was there was for a Motorhead show. And Liverpool, to me, looked like Essex, where I grew up, except they all had a Liverpool accent, which I might be i might be about to say something controversial. The Liverpoolian accent is the worst accent in the world. Whoa, cancel button has been pressed. <laughs> and it just is. I, it, it's just, I, can't, I can't mimic it. It's just... And also, they all look a little bit like Ringo Starr. <laughs> Big noses. Okay, I'm really well, upsetting all Liverpool for, for all you Liverpool supporters out there, you just remember that rant when you're voting for Song of the Week. <laughs> Brittany Howard, you'll never walk alone. You know, the other thing about Liverpool is all of the famous people, and there have been some famous people that came from Liverpool, most notably the Beatles, right? Quite rightly so, the Beatles are always connected with Liverpool. None of them stayed there. There's <laughs> got to be a reason for that. The two surviving members of the Beatles, Ringo and Paul, I'm actually, you know what? I guess you could argue that my uh, my my statement that they all look a bit ugly like Ringo Starr. Paul McCartney was probably quite a good-looking person. I might have got that wrong. Uh, I don't know. He uh, is it? Are you talking about the old? Oh Paul no! Well, I mean, or? Paul McCartney now is almost eighty. He's not gonna. I mean, he can't. I mean, his face can't move. He's trying right. to preserve himself, right? He's a, he's a decent-looking man, I yeah, guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, maybe... Uh, okay, sure, they're all ugly. All Liverpudlians look like Ringo Starr except Paul McCartney. You're really just shocking Americans right now because no one would ever thought that a city's people would be called Liverpudlians. That you, makes no sense. Here in America, you either get Ians or Ites. Oh! The Leans makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, Liver, it's Liverpool, not Liverpud. So what would you assume it would be? Liverpoolite. 
Liverpool like, end. like Dallas people at yeah, Dallas sites. Exactly. Liverpool end is a maybe an exception. Right, again, world. again, I've never considered this because growing up in the UK, people from Liverpool were Liverpudlians. But once again, you have hit upon something that England has screwed up that America would have done better. To go to, to a, an earlier podcast, this is what I call the Brussels sprout syndrome, whereby anything that came out of England that America took, they just did better. So you're saying that I Brussels sprouted all of Liverpool? I'm adding that to the resume. I'm getting a job off of that alone. Okay, in my head, I've just painted a mental picture of Ringo, young Ringo Starr, big nose, in Liverpool. Ringo Starr now, for a man of 80, I actually think looks really good. Where does Ringo Starr live these days? Well, I don't think anyone's denying that America tops Liverpool. I'm just saying, if you like Liverpool, vote for me. Right, that's my, I haven't finished trashing Liverpool yet. That, my <laughs> other thing about Liverpool, as I was gonna say, is all these people that are like proud Liverpudlians, that's not a word. Could have been Liverpoolites <laughs> if, you, if, if America had got to you f- f- first. Um, none of them stay. When, when was the last time Paul McCartney or Ringo Starr went back to Liverpool? I'm willing to bet that the only time in the, the last several years Paul McCartney went back there was when there were TV cameras for James Corden's TV <laughs> show. <laughs> That's right? absolutely right. And even then, he was like, yeah, I'll show up for the 10-minute drive. No, we're getting the hell out of right. here. Right, yeah, like... Okay. I have a massage at 4.30 in yeah. LA. At, yeah, at the airport. Yeah. Well, I'm going to fly back to a proper country. All right, so um, that's just lost us all of the Liverpool audience. That we, I don't think we had any. I'm not going to get any votes again. <laughs> this isn't fair. I guarantee you, although my assertion that all Liverpoolians are ugly may have been wrong and slightly racist because you could argue that Paul McCartney was a good-looking person, Ringo Starr looks way better since he's lived in America and he's way older. Take 80-year-old Ringo Starr versus like 20-something-year-old Ringo Starr when he was in Liverpool. There's no, he's a better looking man. Money makes you beautiful. Right. Um, where were we? Oh, New York producer wants to go for uh, Heartbreak of America by Lovely the Band. So you can vote for that again at uh, digiamerica.com. Actually, um, New York producer, when I was texting him what our choices were, he said he was almost going to go with the uh, Britney um, Spears song that you've chosen. <laughs> Britney Howard. Right, yeah, that one. I am going for System of a Downs. They've, they released two new songs this week. I'm going to go for the two-minute one, which is called uh, Genocidal Humanoids, um, because it's more kind of, the, the other song's fine, but it's more sort of plodding System of a Down, whereas I always preferred them when they were in and out in three minutes and, and kind of angry. Yeah, of course. Um, and there's a couple of things that I like about System of a Down. First of all, they're a great example of how people with very different political opinions can kind of still get along because their drummer has been very outspoken in support of Trump for the entire four years, whereas the rest of System of a Down are huh. incredibly left-wing leaning. The drummer is so outspoken with his support for Trump that lots of people on forums have questioned whether at various points in the past he got kicked out of System of a Down. And System of a Down went, no, we don't agree politically, but we get on and we can we can be a band. Having said that, I do believe that they all recorded their parts separately for these two new songs. I don't think at any point they were actually in the same room. But in theory, System of a Down hark back to... 
a nicer time in politics where you could actually be friends with people who have different opinions. Huh. I don't know about this. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> well, no, you don't, know, don't remember that time. Right. Yeah. But I'm telling you, it did exist. God, there, I remember when I was a kid, there was a time when it was considered rude to ask someone who they were going to vote for. Those days are well gone. Uh, anyway, they're also doing uh, the, these two songs they've released uh, to raise money for all of the, 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 the stuff that's going on in Armenia at the moment. And they've always been outspoken about that. So uh, good on your system of a down for getting together, uh, even if it was separately, to record your pieces and um, and doing uh, these, these two new songs uh, to raise money for Armenia. So... Jeremy with You'll Never Walk Alone by Brittany Howard, New York producer, Heartbreak of America by Lovely the Band, and I have chosen Genocidal Humanoids by System of a Down. You can vote uh, this week on our socials or head to didyouamerica.com. I will now hand you over to Jeremy, who will take the lead on this next segment, which is about all the drugs. <laughs> oh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, this is, your, this this is, is my your... area of expertise, Absolutely. I guess. So as you know, sure, we had a big election, but there was one thing that happened uh, this week, last week, that I think a lot of people can get behind, and that is more states have legalized marijuana across the country, of course. Texas, we're still a little bit behind on this one. I've always said it's most likely going to become a federal law that weed is legal, and then Texas will still be like, nah, not here, states' rights, but <laughs> whatever. Right. There's now plenty of other states you could go if you want to partake. And, you know, there's now a lot of people who are going to be trying weed for the first time, and there's going to be some new potheads emerging. I would like to give them some tips. Okay, here, have you got your pen and paper ready? Write right. this down before you get too stoned. Well, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Put the joints down for one second. You know, there's, of course... The, start rolling, start writing. <laughs> there's there's the simple tips that, you know, most people should know, you know, with edibles, one is enough. It's going to hit you eventually. Don't go for the second one. You know, when you're smoking, always have like a juice or a cold beverage around to prevent from dry mouth. But the one I want to give you guys a tip for is one that many people don't think of. And that's for the uh, the stoners who, like many stoners, are lazy and haven't moved out of their parents' house yet. Because they've been too stoned. Exactly. There yeah. is a lot of, oh, I'm getting around to it. Yeah. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, they have big plans. But in the end, and as uh, the great Afro man once said, but then they got high. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. So, you know. And I could tell you this tip worked for me for personal experience. You know, I had a mom who didn't want me smoking in the house. But uh, once upon a time when she moved out, when I went to college, she moved out of the house I grew up in. She moved to a townhouse. In that townhouse, my room was right next to her. Right. So one night I came home. I was a little drunk and I want to roll a joint. So I, I stumble in. I make a whole bunch of noise. I break out some weed. And next thing I know, my mom is you know, once I started smoking, it's banging on the door. What are you doing in there? This is the perfect way to get out of trouble from your mom catching you smoking. What I did is I went to the door acting really nervous. I took off my pants before I opened the door. <laughs> and then I opened it up and I told her, oh my God, mom, I'm so sorry. I swear I wasn't smoking. I was just about to jerk off and you caught me. <laughs> now, sure. It might be a little awkward to tell your mom that you were masturbating. And sure, we haven't been able to look each other in the eye since. But I finished that joint and she didn't say a fucking word. So if, 
If you are trying to smoke does, in your house, does this ever get brought up at Thanksgiving? Never do remember, again. Do you remember that time I caught you masturbating? I thought you were you were smoking weed because Afro Man was playing loudly, <laughs> but in actual fact, you were just jerking off. It never gets brought up. No, this is this is the unspeakable <laughs> in our house. But at the same time, like it worked. I got to continue smoking that joint. Wow. And she just thought her son was jerking it a bit. I was like 20 at the time. Right. Oh, that makes a difference. Yeah. If I was like 13, I bet it would have been weird for her. But like, she has to know a 20 year old kid is jerking off. And I wasn't even. Mom, I'm sorry. I was smoking weed that night. My mom's caught me smoking weed in so many unfortunate ways over the years that that was the easiest way to get out of that situation. Right, 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 right. Okay. So basically your advice is, if you're getting stoned and there's a knock at the door and you're fearful of who is on the other side of the door, before you open it, just take off your pants. Parents, cops, doesn't matter. Right. No one's no one's gonna respond to a They're immediately disarmed if your dong is out. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No one wants to deal with that. They're just gonna be like, oh my god, you do you and leave. <laughs> It was way better than the time I thought I made my mom think that there were ghosts in the house from smoking weed in the attic. That was way harder for her to deal with. I um, I stayed at a friend's place in uh, Los Angeles quite a while ago where they've had legal weed for forever, it seems. Yeah. And um, so she... I mean, you know how we we brought we well, broadcast. Oh, I'm talking about when I had a job. I just Aww. had a flashback to when I used to have a job, Jeremy, and I broadcast. We record this podcast from my kitchen table because I no longer have a job. Um, so Jeremy can contest that everything in this apartment has got Iron Maiden. There's yes. something Iron Maiden related. Like uh, my friend who's staying with me at the moment, um, the one who took me for the biggest burger ever. Um, he was commenting. You know, there's I, I've got an Iron Maiden bathrobe in the bathroom. <laughs> there's Iron Maiden eddies uh, by the side of the TV. Uh, every the Iron Maiden mugs in the kitchen. Everywhere you go, to the extent that I've got some limited edition Iron Maiden beer in my fridge, right? And I've got Texas beer in the fridge for when people come around who want to have a drink. And I said to my buddy, um, if you want to have a drink while you while you're staying here, by all means have the um, the Texas beer in the fridge, but you can't open the Iron Maiden stuff because it's limited edition Vegas beer. So I'm just keeping it as as a you know as a keepsake, right? And he raised the point. Okay, well, I get that you want to keep it because it's special, and you don't drink anyway. But why isn't it out in the open? Why is it in the fridge? And I said, because I want Iron Maiden to be everywhere, <laughs> even in the fridge. There's enough out here in the living room. Right now, on that point. So a few years ago, I'm staying with my friend uh, in uh, Los Angeles. And she's not even the biggest pothead I know, but she was very into the idea that once it became fully legal in California, it appeared in everything. <laughs> and she said to me, um, help yourself to whatever you want from the fridge, but be careful because there's some stuff that's regular stuff and there's some stuff that's pot. And I opened the fridge and I basically, I just had to eat out the entire time because I didn't know what I was going to eat and it was going to make me stoned because she had pot in fruit juices, in candy, in chocolate. In like <laughs> it's every, everywhere. It literally is everywhere. And I was thinking if I eat anything in this apartment, I could be stoned for the entire vacation that I'm spending in my friend's place in Los Angeles. That's how widespread it is. So I'm not anti it, but I'm just saying if you're in one of these places that's legalized it, 
You, you know, watch what you're eating or drinking or, or, or anything because it literally, I always used to think of pot as just you smoke a bit or whatever. No, right. no, 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 oh, no, no. Those gummy bears going to get you high as fuck. <laughs> yeah, can I move in with your friend? That sounds wonderful. Just like a scavenger hunt of weed foods. I also like that she kind of did it in a way that it was obvious she didn't want me eating or drinking any of the stuff because she just went, yeah, there's some stuff that's pot and there's some stuff that's not. So watch what chocolate you eat and then walked out and went to work, right? <laughs> it's the game of games, Joe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, a lot of states, as I said at the start of the segment, have legalized weed, but one state in particular took things a step further and turned into full-on Amsterdam. Oregon has essentially legalized hard drugs like cocaine, heroin, meth. Right. Um, so if... Uh, if these rules are a little too high school for you, there is a perfect state for you in the Northwest now. Now, what do we think about that? Because there's a strong argument, and I'm not saying that I'm necessarily against this, to say that A, if you legalize drugs, you can raise a fortune in taxes, and B, if you legalize the harder drugs, they can be more easily controlled, so you'd have less death and arguably less homeless and that element of society, because people would be manufacturing the hard drugs drugs to a high standard rather than some dealer who could be, you know, giving you anything. I, I mean, as someone who believes the war on drugs is the biggest sham in American history. And not even a great band. I can, <laughs> I can tell you that I fully agree with that. And Oregon's probably making the right move. But we'll also see, you know, have you, have you been to Colorado in the last few years? No. There's something about the homeless in Colorado that, like, they don't see... They seem slightly more brain dead than the homeless and the rest of the and country. And Colorado is another place where you can get totally stoned. Exactly, right? I, and that's what drew a lot of a lot of homeless people to the state originally when they were the first state to basically be like, you could do it, whatever. Right, right. But now uh, that's going to be potentially even intensified in Oregon. Right. You know what I mean? So as much as I think it's a benefit because. You know, as opposed to incarcerating these people, the the idea is that now you'll get them actual help and rehab and whatnot. Right. It also and might keep, just keep a standard as well because they're not going to be injecting rat poison. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It also they may lead to a lot of hopped up people in Oregon. Oregon Oregon's either be good going to become the most incredible state in America, or it's going to be Florida within three years. Right. So it basically could be Portlandia yeah. in real life. Yes. That is what it, it could be Portlandia if everyone was a heroin addict. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? That being said, I'm moving to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> right. So when they uh, when the bunch of states legalized um, weed, uh, New Jersey their main Google search for the for the next couple of days after it was officially legalized was how to roll a joint. Suddenly everyone was was interested in that. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I don't, you know, lots of my friends are into weed. It's, it's not something that I'm into, but I'm, as I said, I'm not against it. And also I'm, I'm not either for or against the legalization of drugs. I think it's an, an interesting thing to figure out because I'm all for making money, definitely. Um, and, all, and I would agree with your sentiments. The war on drugs was lost decades ago, right. you know. Um, but, and this would be where if I was into weed, I would be going for the edibles or the fruit juices or whatever my friend in California has got in her fridge because the amount of effort involved in rolling a joint. It, to me, this would be like going to a restaurant. If I order fish, 
I want to make sure it's filleted because I do not want to work at my food and remove the bones myself. To the extent that if I go to a nice steak restaurant, don't give me steak on the bone. I don't want to have to work even harder cutting around the bone. I just want the full steak. And, I, and, and, and it literally ruins my dining experience if I've got to remove some bones from the fish or I've got to take the steak off the bone. So I feel like if I was a smoker and I had to roll the joint, oh, and also... I don't see shapes. I don't know that there's a dyslexia. Yeah, I, I, seriously. Wait, hold on. <laughs> like, like you, you know some racist people go, I don't see color, and you go, you no, you're just a racist. Right. I don't see shapes, and that's true. So, like, the top of this cup, does this circle look like a square to you? I do see that that is a circle. Okay. Right. But I, so I've never, ever, when I was at school and, and you used to do math, I was never great with numbers, but I was okay. But I could, you know, when they used to go into the trigonometry and the shape-based math stuff, right. I couldn't do any of it because I wouldn't see the shapes. And, and I'd forgotten about it because that was a long time ago when I was at school. Uh, like when you were a little kid and they used to get you to make sort of 3D triangle things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine wouldn't, I couldn't, I literally couldn't do it. I couldn't huh. figure out how to see it. And, 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 and it came back a few years ago. And again, I think this may be a form of dyslexia that's, that's not diagnosed. Some people can't see, see letters or yeah. colors, like I don't see shapes. This is how bad I am. And this is also, not only would the time it took to roll a joint ruin my experience of a joint, um, my, 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 you know, the fun aspect of it. About a few years ago, I'm back in Shitsville for Christmas. And one of my nieces is, uh, I think she's three at that point. She taught you how to roll joints? Yeah, she's great at it. And she said, if you don't like the smoke, I've got some uh, some edibles in the fridge <laughs> as well. She said to me, mommy doesn't know, but the stuff on the left is the regular Christmas candy that she's bought. The stuff on the right is the stuff that I brought home from preschool gets you high as hell. <laughs> By the way... I learned how to play Afro Man on my Fisher Price xylophone <laughs> yesterday, said my three-year-old niece. And now she's like, do you want mushrooms? She's gone way overboard. She's like, you know what I wanted for Christmas? A download of the best of Bob Marley. <laughs> so, but no, seriously, I, um, so this is how bad I am with shapes. She was three at the time and she's, for one of her Christmas presents was a jigsaw for three-year-olds. And I'm not exaggerating. I could not figure out how to put that jigsaw together. And my three-year-old niece in the broken English that three-year-old kids know, like they know enough words to communicate, right. but they haven't got it all down completely at that point in, in many cases. She's literally picking up the correct pieces of the jigsaw and going, no, Uncle Ian, you put this here. <laughs> and I go, and then my, and then, and then my mom, uh, her mom, my sister came in the room and she goes, did Leah just show you how to do a three-year-old jigsaw puzzle? I think the scariest part for you has to be that your young nieces are constantly outthinking you. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, because a few weeks ago right. I was trying to do the spellings with them, and I, it was the same niece. I, on FaceTime, with she, she, so she's now seven, uh, and, and she's got like ten words she has to learn to spell every week. And if you didn't hear this prior episode... 
She got one of the words incorrect when it came to the spelling test because when she was practicing doing the spellings with me on FaceTime, that was the word out of the 10 that I couldn't spell. Your sister literally better never let you watch these girls as they're older because like they will dupe you so fast. You're going to be like, oh, they're in bed asleep and they're going to be out gallivanting around town. (laughs) Yeah, so anyway... (laughs) Based on the fact that a three-year-old can do a jigsaw puzzle better than me, I think that my shape dyslexia would make it such that I wouldn't be any good at rolling a joint. I'm so, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I am quite good at rolling joints. I have a little bit of experience, but it took it took years and it took practice. I remember I one time was at my uh, friend's house in high school and their their parents were smokers and his dad was just... It was the smoothest motion of just like one twist. And within seconds, the joint was like a magic trick. It was literally like a magic. So like I aspired to do that. And like, I can now do that. But whenever I try to teach other people how to even just like simply roll joints, it's, it's a very impossible task. Right. Most people nowadays either, you know, just get a pipe or, you know, have like one, there's like machines that'll do it for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't worry, you can become a pothead. You won't need to learn how to roll joints because of your shape dyslexia. All right, well, listen, um, we're about done for the day. Uh, You can get uh, all the old podcasts. You can vote for Song of the Week. You can buy a fabulous T-shirt in bright American flag colors with a label that says Canfield Digital America F. Yeah. Woo. It's all at uh, didyouamerica.com. That's the place to go to for all the things related to this show. Uh, I did have a bunch of people who'd written in. Uh, We'll get to that hopefully on Thursday because we're out of time today. But if you do want to correspond with the show, you can do it at the website as well. Uh, Click on be on the show. If you'd like to get your voice on the show, if you just want to message us using your keyboard, then, um, you can do that as well, didyouamerica.com. And if you learned nothing from uh, today's, what episode were we? Nine. If you learned nothing else from episode nine, I think it should be that if you are in a state which has newly legalized weed to avoid any embarrassment, you need to get to the point that you roll the joint with one hand and remove your pants with the other. Because in order to not be interrupted by someone at the door when you're about to enjoy that weed, you should go to the door showing off your genitals, saying you were about to pleasure yourself. Try to arrest me now, Mr. Officer.